If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of February 27, 2022. The podcast that lowered the white flag. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's maltestify the news of the bogus. So the big news this week is the horrible, unprovoked attack by Russia on poor, defenseless Ukraine who didn't do nothing and Joe Biden is just going to have to go to war against them even though he didn't want to. And of course, it's absolutely horrible for people like me to be criticizing Biden in the news media for this. It must be because we're so racist, all buddy-buddy with Putin because he's white. Although when I last checked, Ukrainians were white too. Of course, if you look at my history over the internet, you'll see that early on, I was right about the DMCA. I was right about Iraq WMDs. I was right about the Killian Memo. I was right about Fukushima. I was right about Russiagate. All these big controversies. I keep having this annoying habit of being right. Why? Because I actually consider the prior probability look at the evidence, and try to figure out the most likely posterior. Of course, I'm not guaranteed to be right, but I do better than most because they refuse to follow the most basic methods of rationality. So sit back, people, because you're about to be told what no one else is telling you about this. It's part of an overall conflict called the 2014 Ukrainian Revolution, also known as the Revolution of Dignity. Violent protesters, angered over the Ukrainian president's refusal to join the EU, attacked the capital in Kiev, ousted the president, and overthrew the government. The result of this coup was an interim government which signed an association agreement with the EU. This interim government also forcibly purged those who'd been part of the previous regime. As a result of this, several areas of Ukraine, understandably not happy with things, wanted to secede and form their own independent states, most famously resulting in the independence of Crimea. And that's when the real fighting started. One of those areas is Donbass, which is an area where a majority are ethnically, culturally, and linguistically Russian, not Ukrainian. There are actually two regions in conflict, Donetsk, which has formed the Donetsk People's Republic, or DPR, and Luhansk, which formed the Luhansk People's Republic, or LPR. Both regions have been allied with the Republic of Crimea since the 2014 revolution. As for what's been happening recently, a good source for that is the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, or OSCE. They have a lot of information on this on their report dated 18 February. It records numerous violations of the ceasefire by Ukraine, not Russia, including the bombing in Luhansk of a kindergarten. See if that gets reported by the U.S. news media. That resulted in windows being blown out, shrapnel in the concrete walls, and a crater in the playground. Twenty children were in the kindergarten at the time. Thankfully, none were injured. The report goes on to mention Ukraine moving in heavy weaponry to menace the separatists in these areas and keeping weapons outside the agreed-upon storage facilities, and even the movement of armored combat vehicles through these areas. But in the U.S. news media, you only hear about troop movements by Russia. All total, in Donetsk, they recorded 222 ceasefire violations, including 135 explosions. In Luhansk, 
That total was 648 violations, including 519 explosions. Tellingly, the U.S., U.K., and Canada have all withdrawn from the OCSE monitoring mission, because they apparently don't want anyone else to know what their troops are doing there. So that should give us the proper context for this story. Russia's invasion, which apparently doesn't consist of anything remotely resembling actually, you know, invading, consists of attacks on several of Ukraine's military targets. As the Russian Ministry of Defense said in a public statement, quote, Military infrastructure, air defense facilities, military airfields, and aircraft of the armed forces of Ukraine are being put out of action by high-precision means of destruction. The ministry went on to say that there was no threat to members of the Ukraine population. In response, Ukraine declared martial law throughout the country. Because that's bound to help. Meanwhile, the separatists have been attacking Ukrainian forces in Donetsk and Luhansk. Ukraine publicly called for the world to enact devastating, their word, sanctions on Russia, isolate Russia from all trade, send weapons and military equipment to Ukraine, and, of course, give them money. Tulsi Gabbard had a good point on Thursday when she tweeted, This war and suffering could have easily been avoided if Biden admin slash NATO had simply acknowledged Russia's legitimate security concerns regarding Ukraine's becoming a member of NATO, which would mean U.S. NATO forces right on Russia's border. Not to mention the DPR, the LPR, and Crimea. Also, why is NATO still a thing? Isn't it long past time we got rid of that relic, and this is a perfect example as to why? But just to show you the level of non-thought people are putting into this, Matt Zeller responded, quote, You are a traitor and a coward. Resign your commission and go home to your handlers in Moscow. Note that he said this to a lieutenant colonel who did a 12-month tour in Iraq and received the combat medical badge and the meritorious service medal. But just because she went against the narrative, she's a traitor and a coward. Also, she has handlers in Moscow. Biden puffed out his chest and said, quote, Russia alone is responsible for the death and destruction this attack will bring, and the United States and its allies and partners will respond. The world will hold Russia accountable. Tomorrow, I will meet with my G7 counterparts in the morning and then speak to the American people to announce the further consequences of the United States and our allies and partners will impose upon Russia for this needless act of aggression against Ukraine and global peace and security. Gee, I wonder if he'll ever get around to denouncing Ukraine's horrible actions against its own people for nothing more than wanting their independence. Independence that Ukraine is treaty-bound to recognize. Putin said in a statement, quote, The circumstances make us take decisive and immediate actions. The People's Republics of Donbass asked Russia for assistance. In this regard, in accordance with Article 51, Part 7 of the UN Charter, with the sanction of the Federation Council, and in pursuance of the Friendship and Mutual Assistance Treaties with the DPR and LPR, ratified by the Federal Assembly, I have decided to conduct a special military operation. He also told Ukrainians to, quote, lay down their arms, and that Russia has, quote, no intentions of occupying Ukraine. An update from the OSCE on the 24th reported, quote, a severely deteriorated security situation, and, quote, a spike in shelling in government-controlled areas of Luhansk region. Outside of the DPR and LPR, the main area of concern is, of course, Kiev, 
But although OSCE observers saw military aircraft overhead, the only explosions reported have been at military targets. They also reported that Ukraine was sending out a convoy of 25 military transport vehicles. Since Russia has been aiding the separatists, the Western press is saying that Russia has invaded Ukraine and are calling it the Russo-Ukrainian War. But given what you now know, if Russia has invaded Ukraine, then France invaded Britain when they helped the Americans in the Revolutionary War. And if Ukraine is worried that Russia will attack its people, it isn't showing it. The OSCE report says that military and law enforcement officers are guarding government buildings, not any civilian locations. This is very much a developing situation, and certainly more has happened in the couple of days between the podcast prep and going live. But I would remind you how unreliable preliminary information can be, especially with a biased news media on the side of the Warhawks. So take everything with a grain of salt until better information comes in. And always keep in mind, this isn't anything out of the blue, and it isn't Russia trying to take over all of Ukraine. It's just the latest in a long line of special interest wars the U.S. has roped itself into, just like siding with Saudi Arabia in its slaughter of Yemeni citizens. Also, note how they don't seem to care about what China is doing to Taiwan. Something else to keep in mind. War is almost never the result of one hateful, maniacal dictator, but that's always how it's portrayed by countries that are itching to go to war. The idea that there's any room for nuance, for historical context, for sharing the blame among several parties, then you're branded as disloyal, a traitor, a shill for Putin, a Russian pawn, or whatever. What you generally aren't is refuted intellectually. Maybe someday people will stop falling for this. Maybe this is the event that'll make it happen. At any rate, we'll be continuing to follow the story. Stay tuned. If you're looking for a way to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand ads, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to follow the link to odyssey.com to listen to the podcast and see all of my YouTube videos as well. Just watching videos will produce cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. And since Odyssey is always monetized and never censored, you'll have no problem seeing all the videos from your favorite creators. You can also use the library credits you created Odyssey to tip creators and even purchase paid content. Earn library credits through various rewards, including daily view rewards and the number of shares and invites. And you can interact with creators in all sorts of ways, including like and dislike, comment, boost a post by supporting it, repost it, and share to other sites, all while earning crypto for the creator. Easily monetize yourself and your favorite creators using cryptocurrency without advertising. Use the link below to visit this channel on odyssey.com and see many of your other favorites there as well. Back at home, an excellent way we can help minimize or at least expose the atrocities of the police is for citizens to shoot video of them. Cops have harassed, brutalized, and even arrested people for filming them while on duty, but it is absolutely your right, and courts have fairly consistently affirmed this. That includes Arizona, where the Ninth Circuit back in 1995 ruled that a cop violated the Constitution when he tried to stop a man from videotaping a public protest. 
But now, the Arizona House has a bill out of committee that would make it a crime to film cops on the job. If passed, HB 2319, We've got a 2319! would make it, quote, unlawful for a person to knowingly make a video recording of law enforcement activity if the person making the video recording does not have the permission of a law enforcement officer. The bill would make it a petty offense unless the person fails to comply with a verbal warning of the officer or has done so before, in which case it becomes a Class 3 misdemeanor, which in Arizona are punishable by up to 30 days in jail, a $500 fine, and a year of probation. For taking video of a cop. Criminal defense and free speech attorney T. Greg Duchette asked, quote, can you be arrested for standing still while wearing a GoPro under this statute? It seems the answer here is yes, which would violate the First Amendment, since standing still isn't interfering with an officer's duties. And will this act chill speech? Duchette answers, quote, Absolutely. It will empower cops to say, I'm going to arrest you if you don't stop. And even though many of those arrests would get dismissed as First Amendment violations, you'll have a bunch of people who plead to avoid trial or go broke trying to vindicate their rights. It's not just in Arizona. Several states are attempting this, including Florida, New York, and Colorado. But although the 1st, 3rd, 5th, 7th, 9th, and 11th circuits have ruled that it's a violation of the First Amendment, the 10th hasn't weighed in on it. So when cops in Denver violated their own department's rules when they seized a man's tablet without warrant and attempted to delete the video he took of them beating a suspect, the officers enjoyed qualified immunity. Ken White of Popat said, quote, This is just sheer base-pleasing gesturing by the legislators doing this. They say it's required because they're being assaulted. Well, let me tell you, I've never seen a situation where actual assaults of cops are not vigorously prosecuted, and if anything, they're prosecuted too easily and questionably. This is really trying to deter speech against cops that might hurt the most delicate person's feelings. Keep in mind that, even though this bill might not go anywhere, if it does, and since it made it out of committee, there's a good chance, then even though it'll be obviously and blatantly unconstitutional, it'll be very expensive for people to fight it. It could take several hundred thousand dollars to get it through the courts to do so, even more if it goes to the Supreme Court. Most people can't afford the time and money to do that, so they'll just take a plea bargain. And cops can get away with basically whatever they want, since any evidence of their wrongdoing was illegally obtained. Opposing, challenging, protesting police action is vital to a free society. This isn't even that. This is just recording the truth about what they're up to, good, bad, or indifferent. If even one of those things is punishable by arrest, you're not living in a free society. You're living in a police state. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government censors. It's essential in this day and age, so go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world, and they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. 
Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Another case of the U.S. Copyright Office getting it right. A copyright can only be placed on a work of human creativity. It can't be a monkey taking a selfie. It can't be white noise generated by a computer. And now, they've determined that AI-generated works aren't subject to copyright either. The point of copyrights, we are told, is to give humans an incentive to take the time and effort to create a work they might not have created otherwise. And AI doesn't take that factor into consideration. It just runs its algorithm and outputs what it outputs. It's not even that new. Back in 1966, the Copyright Office said, quote, the crucial question appears to be whether the work is basically one of human authorship, with the computer merely being an assisting instrument, or whether the traditional elements of authorship in the work, literary, artistic, or musical expression, or elements of selection, arrangement, etc., were actually conceived and executed not by man, but by a machine. But just to show you how much state cultism poisons the mind, Copyright lawyers have shown trouble even conceiving of the idea of a creative work being placed in the public domain. Someone, they think, must own the intellectual property. One of the biggest offenders here is Stephen Thaler, who has tried using a computer to make inventions and get them patented, and made himself a pest all over the world, including the U.S., Australia, the EU, and even China. We covered before, though, the Copyright Office's statements about what sort of works cannot be copyrighted, where they listed, quote, a photograph taken by a monkey, a mural painted by an elephant, a claim based on the appearance of actual animal skin, a claim based on driftwood that has been shaped and smoothed by the ocean, a claim based on cut marks, defects, and other qualities found in natural stone, an application for a song naming the Holy Spirit as the author of the work. Similarly, the office will not register works produced by a machine or mere mechanical process that operates randomly or automatically without any creative input or intervention from a human author. Of course, that leaves some leeway. How much human intervention is required for copyrights to kick in? Enter Thaler again, this time with copyrights instead of patents, and once again, they rejected him. In 2018, he'd made, or rather his computer made, a colorful piece of artwork called a recent entrance to paradise. He applied for copyright, and in 2019, the Copyright Office rejected his application based on the fact that it was created by a machine and not a human. Thaler requested reconsideration, saying their decision violates the Constitution somehow, and this was rejected. He filed a second request for reconsideration, saying that they are, quote, currently relying upon non-binding judicial opinions from the Gilded Age to answer the question of whether computer-generated works can be protected. They smacked him down again, saying, quote, Human authorship is a prerequisite to copyright protection in the United States, and that the work, therefore, cannot be registered. They referenced several Supreme Court precedents where authors were referred to as human and showed it was consistently considered to be so by lower courts. They also rejected his argument that the Work for Hire doctrine allows for AI copyrights since it allows for, quote, non-human artificial persons such as companies. 
but the board said a machine cannot enter into a binding legal contract as the doctrine requires. Also, the doctrine is about who owns the copyright, not whether or not a copyright exists. In any event, the whole thing appears on its face to be absurd, since it isn't the AI filing for the copyright. When the AI can file and make arguments for copyright completely on its own, maybe then we'll see. Do you have children, or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling, or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttletwins, and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary-aged children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I, Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now it's time to solidify this week's biggest bogan emitter. Just give it up, CNN. You are trash. You are garbage. You are worthless. And if people didn't know that before, they will after seeing this headline. Trump sides with Putin as Biden tries to stop a war. I mean, seriously? Biden is trying to stop a war? Biden, the man who's been beating the war drums ever since his approval rating took a nosedive? Biden, the man who never saw a war he didn't like? Biden, who championed the Vietnam War, both Iraq wars, Panama, Somalia, Serbia, Bosnia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Libya, Yemen, Syria, on and on and on? While he himself dodged the draft. Just listen to this first paragraph, quote, It only took 24 hours for Donald Trump to hail Russian President Vladimir Putin's dismembering of independent, democratic, sovereign Ukraine as an act of genius. What dismemberment? And democratic? If you listen to the first segment, you'd know the current regime is the result of a violent coup. And yes, they've had elections, but so did Venezuela. We know how much that's worth. They then bleat. That impunity, dictator coddling, and hero worship will return if he wins back the White House. And a bit later, It's unsurprising Trump would praise anything Putin does, given his genuflecting to the Russian leader while in office. Well, why don't we listen to this bit from a July 2018 meeting with NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg that CNN never aired, where Trump railed against the Nord Stream 2 pipeline deal. Well, I have to say, I think uh, it's very sad when Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia where you're supposed to be guarding against Russia and Germany goes out and pays billions and billions of dollars a year to Russia. So we're protecting Germany, we're protecting France, we're protecting all of these countries. And then numerous of the countries go out and make a pipeline deal with Russia where they're paying billions of dollars into the coffers of Russia. 
So we're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia. And I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that's supplying the gas. Uh, ultimately, Germany will have almost 70 percent of their country controlled by Russia with natural gas. So you tell me, is that appropriate? I mean, we, I've been complaining about this from the time I got in. It should have never been allowed to have happened. But Germany is totally controlled by Russia because they were getting from 60 to 70 percent of their energy from Russia and a new pipeline. And you tell me if that's appropriate, because I think it's not. If Trump is a puppet of Putin, he's not a very good one. Biden, by the way, waived sanctions against the Russia-owned pipeline company. Only now has he turned against it, when it becomes politically inconvenient. Nowhere in this CNN article is any mention of the history or the real issues behind the conflict. But really, what did you expect? They even finish off mentioning, quote, the multiple strange contacts between his 2016 campaign team and Russian outsiders. Yes, they're still trying to keep Russiagate going! Imagine it was just some rando on the internet saying this. Wouldn't it sound exactly like that guy was an insane conspiracy theorist, especially now that it's been completely debunked? Also conspicuously absent in this article is any justification for the headline's claim that Biden tried to stop the war. A war that started while he was vice president, by the way. Can anyone say gaslighting? There's no room at CNN for history. There's no room for context. There's no room for nuance. There's no room at CNN for anything other than our team rules, your team drools. So all of that makes CNN this week's Biggest Bogun Emitter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmoo, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmoo dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's fustigate this week's... Idiot I'm going to play these comments from Canadian Liberal MP Yaira Sachs, because you're not going to believe it otherwise. Here's what she said in remarks in Parliament in defense of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoking the Emergencies Act for the first time ever to crack down on Canadian freedom protests around the capital. How much vitriol do we have to see of Honk Honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? So, first of all, it's Heil Hitler. 
Second, that's not what an acronym is. But you know what we're talking about here. Truckers are honking their horns. The onomatopoeia for a horn sound is honk. Honk starts with H, and so do the words Heil Hitler. Therefore, Nazis or something. Never mind the fact that the two organizers are a Jewish man and a First Nation woman. Or the fact that honking one's horn at demonstrations has always been a sign of support. Or even the fact that they are the opposite of Nazis, who forced people to show their papers and made them take certain medications and froze the accounts of protesters. And, you know, we're socialists. But, of course, it's easier to write off protesters as racist white supremacists rather than actually consider that they might have valid objections. But... Wait a minute. Honk, honk. Geese honk. The Nazis goose-stepped. Whoa! I should probably stop before I give these morons any ideas. So anyway... The internet gave this stupid woman the reaming she deserved, but in a case of being too stupid to know how stupid she is, even after it's pointed out, she doubled down by tweeting, For those who think that Honk Honk is some innocuous joke, I'll just leave this here. And she quoted a tweet from an Antifa member, Gwen Snyder. Yeah, real big authority there. So Snyder tweeted, It's easy to miss Nazi alt-right signifiers if you aren't swimming in this cesspool all the time. Oh, and you are? I think you might be admitting a little more than you think. Quote, So this is going to be a running thread on what to watch for, with a special emphasis on vocabulary and symbols that should make you suspicious. Yes, this is more of that dog whistle crap, Ola. Here's a hint. Even if that were the case, by the time it gets out to people like you, it doesn't work as a dog whistle anymore, so they stop using it. Idiot. Quote, Let's start with a classic and a new variant, 88 and HH, phrases like honk honk. They mean Heil Hitler. H is the eighth letter of the alphabet, thus 88. Honk honk is associated with the honkler and is often used ironically by alt-right trolls. Wow! Even the tweet she referenced said that, just like the OK sign, it's a rumor spread to troll people like her. Her screenshot from 4chan even says, Why Honk Honk is the next OK sign. But as Newsweek's deputy opinion editor Badia Angar Sargon told her in a tweet, Liberal elites hear Heil Hitler when workers raise up their voices and demand the right to work on their own terms, because it threatens elites' monopoly on power. So they project a fascist threat onto the victims of their own authoritarian overreach. Jewish economist Scott Ullman responded, When partisan leftists like Yara Sachs propagate hate hoaxes like this one, it puts people at greater risk from actual hate because the victims are less likely to be believed and society will start to give genuine hate mongers the undeserved benefit of the doubt. He also introduced her to the concepts of Lashon Hara and Rishalut, which is a prohibition on Jews against speech that causes damage to the subject and or listener. So, one of them is being a good Jew. Typical lefty sees racism everywhere except in the mirror. So all of that makes Yara Sachs this week's Idiot Extraordinary. 
Well, that wraps up this. They do say that verbal insults hurt more than physical pain. They are, of course, wrong, as you will discover when I stick this toasting fork into your head. Edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to support and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar, and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Julian Assange. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now.